Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eternity, where love never fails. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is the Eternity Bible Study Podcast, where we walk through the Bible together every weekday, Monday through Friday. We're podcasting from here in the United States and in Zambia with a goal to share our thoughts and encourage one another as we read God's Word together verse by verse. My co-host in Zambia, Matali, and I are both listening to Through the Bible Podcast and then sharing our thoughts and encouragement with you. From America to Africa and everywhere else, God is in control. As always, our attribution goes to Through the Bible with Dr. J. Vernon McGee. So if you've ever wanted to try to read the Bible every day, we hope you can join us. We're regular people just like you, trying to learn more about God and walk in step with His Holy Spirit. So if you have your Bible, feel free to read along, and if not, no problem. We'll put it all together for you, so let's get started. Today, we'll be looking at chapters 27 and 28 in this great book of Ezekiel. Now, as we looked at yesterday, God um, gave a prophecy against this city, uh, Tyre. Tyre is a, a really interesting city. It's on the coastland of what's now modern-day um, uh, Lebanon. It was, a, like we said yesterday... It was a port city. It was a city full of trade. It was like the doorway into the Middle East. People from all over uh, Europe would would come into Tyre um, and trade there. It was like an international city. It, it, It exchanged currencies and commodity commodities from from surrounding nations you could buy so many things there uh persia southern arabia uh spain europe came into tyre tyre was a great um port city they were very good um shipbuilders and and uh sailors uh they had colonies like the, remember the island of crete what was a colony of Tyre, and remember that city uh, Tarsus that Jonah was was going to go instead of going where God told him to go. Instead of going to Nineveh, you know, to to prophesy there, uh, this prophet bought him a ticket on a boat to go to Tarsus. Now Tarsus is about as far away as you can get from Nineveh. But Tarsus, uh, my study Bible and McGee was saying that's perhaps Spain because uh, there, there was a Spanish colony there uh, from um, Tyre. And they're thinking that uh, that city of Tarsus was was uh, where um, Jonah was going to go to. And that was probably the location of it. And Tyre um, was full of pride. It was a prideful city, uh, like Babylon was a prideful city, and uh, and maybe like our cities today, some of our great cities today, there's a lot of pride surrounding many great cities, many great powers. And, you know, God um, uses this as an example to show us what pride is and what how He feels about pride. We'll learn a lot about 
pride today as we as we look as and see what God does to the prideful. And even for us, it shows us that God does not uh, like pride. He does not tolerate pride because pride uh, was like an original sin. That was uh, even before Adam and Eve, you have Satan's pride, and that brings Satan down. So you could say maybe that was the uh, original sin, the sin of Satan that occurred in heaven that threw him out. So let's start reading, and we'll kind of go through um, some of this. Chapter 27, verse 1, The word of the Lord came to me. Now, you, son of man, raise a lamentation over Tyre, and say to Tyre, who dwells at the entrances to the sea, merchant of peoples to many coastlands, thus says the Lord, O Tyre, you have said, I am perfect in beauty. Okay, so this is what Tyre is saying about him, you know, itself. I am perfect in beauty. Your borders are in the heart of the sea. In other words, they didn't really have good borders because they were shipping people. And so they just had borders all over the place. And they had like uh, colonies, like we were saying, like Crete was a, a colony of Tyre. So your borders are in the heart of the seas. Your builders made perfect your beauty. They made all your planks of fir trees from Sinar. They took a cedar from Lebanon to make a mass for you. Of oaks of Bashan, they made your oars. They made your decks of pines from the coast of Cyprus, inlaid with ivory, a fine embroidered linen from Egypt, was your sail, serving as your banner, purple, blue and purple from the coast of Elish, was your awning. The inhabitants of Sidian and Arvid were your rowers. Your skilled men, O Tyre, were in you, and they were your pilots. The elders of of Gebel and her skilled men were in you, uh, caulking your seams and all the ships of the sea with their mariners were in you to barter your wares. Okay, so what is this all this um, talking about? Well, it's sort of comparing Tyre itself to this boat, to this grand boat, a very splendorful boat. And it kind of shows what um, this merchant city had also, you know, it, it had things from people of all over the known world to them, you know, all of these things, these, this big boat was built out of and all different kind of people were there. So it was a very international flavor here. And it was just, uh, the splendor of, of tire, the, you know, as manifested in the splinter of a boat. Persia and Lud, Persia meaning modern-day Iran, and Lud looks like uh, it was Asia Minor, put, were uh, put <clears throat> and put, and put is, is like modern-day Libya. So these are like from Iran, Middle East. This is Persia over here back. That would have been west of Egypt. And Lud, this was all over the place, like the, the corners of the known world uh, were in your army as your men of war. They hung the shield and the helmet in you. They gave you splendor. Men of Arvid and Helak. Yeah, my study of Bible really doesn't um, 
try to identify what Arvid and Helloc was. These are sort of unnamed regions, but they were used to expand on the beauty of this place. On your walls and all around, and men of Gamad were in your towers. They hung your shields on your walls and all around made perfect in your beauty. So, wow, I mean, another big uh, description of how awesome and beautiful and international and powerful this city was. I mean, we haven't seen a description of this, um, of very many cities like this. Tarshish did business with you because of your great wealth of every kind. Now, Tarshish, they were thinking, was probably in southern Spain. Uh, and this is implying that Tyre's trade stretched way the whole extent of the Mediterranean. Let's drop down to verse 17. Judah in the land of Israel traded with you. They exchanged for your merchandise wheat of minna, meal, honey, oil, and balm. Damascus did business with you. Then we'll drop down to verse 21. Arabia and all the princes of Kedar were your favored dealers in lambs, rams, and goats. They did business with you. The traders of Sheba and Ramah traded with you. So a whole bunch of different clients. They had clients from all over the world. Twenty Verse down to 25. The ships of Tarshish traveled for you with your merchandise. So you were filled and heavenly laden in the heart of the seas. But then we see a different picture. Uh, and I'll just quickly read over some verses starting in 26 through 28. Your rowers have brought you out into the high seas, and the east wind has wrecked you in the heart of the seas. Your riches, your wares, your merchandise, your mariners, your pilots, your caulkers, your dealers and merchandise, and all your men of war who are in with you, with all your crew that is in your midst, sink into the heart of the seas on the day of your fall. So in other words, you know, it's this, this description of the beautiful city of Tyre, the powerful city of Tyre, almost a liking uh, it to a boat, this big, beautiful boat, but then it sinks. You know, the boat sinks in the high seas. You know, even though it was so beautiful, it sunk. And it was, it's sort of almost like a prideful analogy there. You know, it was so prideful, it's, you know, they didn't understand, they didn't respect the sea. And, you know, the... The sea can be calm one day and you think you're a great sailor, but then the sea can rear up its anger and all of a sudden you realize you're just a little boat in a big ocean. And uh, that's kind of an analogy to what happened to Tyre. Tyre, they had people all over the world or all over the known world coming and going in their name, doing business with them, doing trade, but they sunk into their own prideful ways isn't that interesting i mean historically interesting but also interesting for us today what happens to our pride if we get too far from shore are you too far from shore am i too far from shore god says you gotta you gotta respect this ocean you know and it's like we have to understand that we may think we're big time but we're real small fry. We're real just a little boat in a big ocean. And that's like sort of an analogy between what man is, a little boat in a big ocean compared to God's power. 
It's almost like a parable of Tyre. Um, let's see. Let's go down to verse 32. In their wailing, they raise a lamentation for you and lament over you. This is talking about their lamenting over Tyre. They're crying over Tyre. Who is like Tyre, like one destroyed in the midst of the sea? When you, your wares, came from the sea, you satisfied many peoples with your abundant wealth and merchandise. You enriched the kings of the earth. You know, they're just like all about the merchandising. They were very good at that. But what did it what did it come to? It didn't come to anything. Everything sank. Verse 34, now you're wrecked by the seas in the depths of the waters. Your merchandise and all your crew in your midst have sunk with you. And all the inhabitants of the coastlands are appalled at you, and the hair of their kings bristle with horror. Their faces are convulsed. The merchants among the peoples hiss at you. You have become you have come to a dreadful end and shall be no more forever. That's verse thirty six. So boom, it's on Tyre. And Tyre, you know, has never been rebuilt. It's still in ruins today. Where you know, as we talked about yesterday, Alexander the Great came in and built this big, big moat out there. This big dam works out there using the 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 trees, the stones, and the soil of the city, the mainland city, to come out to this uh, island that um, they had built, so that no one could ever get them. You know, because the Babylonians came in and destroyed it first, and then after that, they tried to rebuild their kingdom on this little island. Then Alexander the Great comes in when he conquers, and uh, you know he extends this moat out there to eventually uh, bring down this island city of Tyre. So um, pride, a big, a big uh, lamentation for um, Tyre, and it's all because of. Tyre's pride. Chapter 28. Now it's a prophecy, another prophecy against Tyre, but it's of the prince of Tyre. So now a lamentation for the city of Tyre, now on the prince of Tyre. The word of the Lord came to me. Again, it's always the word of the Lord. Son of man, say to the prince of Tyre, thus says the Lord God, because your heart is proud, here we are with pride again, and you have said, I am a God, I sit in the seat of the gods, in the heart of the seas. Okay, this is what this is the pride of Tyre. Now God's saying again, Yet you are but a man and no God. Though you make your heart like the heart of a God, you, and then he says, Okay, you are indeed wiser than David. No secret is hidden from you. By your wisdom and understanding, you have made wealth for yourself and gathered gold and silver in your treasuries. By your great wisdom in your trade, you have increased your wealth and your heart has become proud in your wealth. Okay? Therefore, says the Lord God, because you make your heart like the heart of God, therefore I will bring foreigners upon you, the most, most ruthless of the nations, and they shall draw their swords against the beauty of your wisdom and defile your splendor. They shall thrust you down in the pit and you shall die the death of the slain in the heart of the seas. 
Will you still say I am a God in the presence of those who kill you? Though you are but a man and no God in the hands of those who slay you, you shall die the death of the uncircumcised by the hand of the foreigners, for I have spoken, declares the Lord. So in other words, because of the king of Tyre saying he's a God, because the king of Tyre, you know, is really wise and has made incredible wealth and had the, this incredible power of trade and merchandise and commerce, you know, he thought he was great, and he and he was. He in a way, he he was a great. You know, this was a great kingdom. They had a lot of wisdom from all over the world. That is true. But because of this prideful nation, God brings them down. And you know, they could have thought they were doing right in their own eyes. It's not like they thought they were evil people. That's what pride can do. I mean. You know, you can say, we're great people. We're a wonderful people. But their pride, God knows their hearts. God won't let man's pride go unchecked. Now we'll drop down to verse 11. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, son of man. Raise a lamentation over the king of Tyre and say to him, Thus says the Lord God, You were the signet of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. Now, this is another, you know, word of God coming and a, a lamentation on the king of Tyre. And you're saying to him, you know, there's a parallel between this king of Tyre and his pride and another parallel to Satan and his pride. Okay, because some of these things that he said to the king of Tyre, there's no way he could have done. Okay, you were the signet of perfection, full of wisdom, perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Now, he's sort of comparing Tyre to Eden. You know, Tyre was such a, an awesome city. It was like this perfect place, but it was God's place. And Eden was God's place. And like the king of Tyre was living there, but he was like Satan in a way, because Satan was perfect in beauty, this manifestation here. Every precious stone was your covering. And it lists a whole bunch of precious stones. And then I'll drop down a little bit towards the end of verse 13. On the day that you were created, they were prepared. These were these precious stones. Verse 14, you were anointed guardian cherub, okay? This is a guardian angel. I placed you, you were on the holy mountain of God, okay? This is, as McGee points out, this is heaven. He has access to heaven. He was, you know, um, in God's holy place. In the midst of the stones of fire, you walked, okay? So he was walking around. He had access to, to places of God, anointed by God and created by God. And you were blameless in your ways from the day you were created. Okay? Again, created by God. Until unrighteousness was found in you. 
In the abundance of your trade, you were filled with violence in your midst, then and you sinned. And then in the abundance of your trade, it's kind of like um, uh, maybe another analogy back to the king of Tyre, because Tyre was a you know uh, a trading people, you know this international port city. You were filled with violence in your midst, and your in your sin. So I cast you as a profane thing from the mountain of God. Okay, so again, uh, maybe another analogy back to Satan. Satan had violence in him. He was not righteous. And um, and you sinned. You sinned in your pride. You sinned in your own self, in your own violence, in your own unrighteousness. So God says, I cast you as a profane thing from the mountain of God, and I destroyed you, O guardian cherub. So this is guardian angel. From the midst of the stones of fire, your heart was proud because of your beauty. Okay, so Satan apparently was beautiful and very proud. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. Okay, so even though Satan was very beautiful and had a lot of wisdom... It was all corrupted for the sake of the splendor. I cast you to the ground. I exposed you before kings to feast their eyes on you. By the multitude of your iniquities in the unrighteousness of your trade, you profaned your sanctuaries. So I brought fire out from your midst. It consumed you, and I turned you to ashes on the earth in the sight of all who saw you and all all who know you among the peoples were appalled at you. You have become a dread you've come to a dreadful end and shall be no more forever. Okay? So this is God's prophecy against the 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 king of uh Tyre. And it's analogous to uh Satan's downfall. And when God brings Satan down, ultimately, he will be for never, no more. Same thing as uh, what's happening to the king of Tyre. And uh, the Bible doesn't go into it any deeper than that, but we see today that um, Tyre has been completely destroyed and uh, all of that, Splendor, all of that international trade, all of that, um, you know, power is gone. Never came back. Even though it's still, you know, port city, never came back. God's word still stands today. Then there's another prophecy interesting uh, to Sidon. And uh, Sidon is a, is a port city that is north of Tyre. And um, McGee always says you can't talk about Tyre without talking about Sidon. Uh, it's almost like peas and carrots. You know, you, there's one and then there's the other. But Sidon, um, there's, there's a prophecy against it, but God never says he's going to completely destroy it. And even today, it's still, it still exists today. So, um, verse 20 
The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, set your face toward Sidon and prophesy against her and say, Thus says the Lord. You know, so in other words, Ezekiel is saying, You know, these are not my words, and I'm very careful to let you know these are not my words. He says, Behold, I'm against you, O Sidon, and I will manifest my glory in your midst, and they shall know that I am the Lord. So his glory is going to be manifested there, but it's going to be glory in their punishment. And they shall know I'm the Lord when I execute judgments in her and will manifest my holiness in her. For I will send pestilence into her and blood into her streets and the slain shall fall in her midst by the sword that is against her on every side and they will know that I am the Lord. And this is probably um, when the sword is going to be coming in this is like when the babylonians are going to be coming in and uh, cutting them down but god's doing this for his glory and it's interesting that god uses the babylonians and believe me they're bringing in some really tough times but god is using people to write his history to write his will and to manifest His glory so that people who see it will know that He is God. And even we see it today. And when, when they will know He's God, this is the only way that these people are going to know. And God knows their hearts. And He can do His will. He can work His will the way He thinks it's the right way to go. But we can look at it today to know He's God too. Now, at the end of chapter 28, then there's another little flicker of hope. Because we've had some rough prophecies here against Tyre and the prince of Tyre, the king of Tyre. But interesting in Sidon. But um, as we drop down to 25, thus says the Lord God, when I gather the house of Israel from the peoples among whom they are scattered and manifest my holiness in them in the sight of the nations, then... They shall dwell in their own land that I gave to my ser servant Jacob. So at the end of this, there's a reference to God gathering his people back in, the, in all these different lands that they've been scattered. Like when the Assyrians came in and took over the northern kingdom, they scattered all these people all over the place. And then the Babylonians comes in and they take over the southern kingdom and they take the people back to Babylon. People are scattered. But God says He's going to bring His own people back. Then they shall dwell in their own land that I gave to my servant Jacob. Verse 26, And they shall dwell securely in it, and they shall build houses and plant vineyards, and they shall dwell securely when I execute judgments upon all their neighbors who have treated them with contempt, then they will know that I am the Lord their God. Interesting. So it's a reference of the people being brought back and dwelling securely. And I wonder, you know, um, that they're going to they're going to be able to come back home. This is a this is a reference to coming back home. But it's also an, an interesting reference to me as I look at this that even today, does Israel dwell securely? Or 
if you look at it, that they're always under threat. They're always under, under threat for survival even today. And this may be um, referencing bringing Israel home, but it may be referencing also when God finally reestablishes the, the, um, the security of Israel when he comes back, eventually when the Lord comes back and eventually lets them um, dwell in their own land. And God says, and manifest my holiness in them in the sight of the nations. Okay? So God's holiness will be there for all the nations to see. I I, I almost feel like that this is a, a forward prophecy to maybe God's um, short-term bringing the people home, but long-term prophecy that God will reestablish His holiness in this land and they will dwell securely there. And, of course, then they will know that I am the Lord their God. So, for, you know, uh, for me to all of you, I think this is a great study on pride, and it's a great history lesson about Tyre. I did not know all these things about Tyre from our study yesterday and today. What an amazing study this is. I'll always now understand that and how it's so neat the about the Babylonian Wars, and then also when Alexander the Great comes in and conquers, you know, he, you know, Babylon gets put down, and uh, he actually um, conquers the, the Tyre uh, for the second time. The Babylonians did it the first time, he did it the second time. But it just shows you what man's pride is like before God's plan. And in our own lives, we think, we live in our own little bodies, in our own little worlds, and we have our own personal pride. But God says, that's what brings people down, is that personal pride. So we always have to keep our hearts centered on Christ, keep our hearts centered on God. We have a, we have a focus on God the Father uh, in the Old Testament and now a focus on Jesus Christ in the New Testament. But we have to keep our hearts God-centered, Christ-centered. And if we get off a little bit to the left or to the right, we're now getting into self-centeredness. We can see what pride does. So for me to all of you, God bless you. I'll see you next time. I'll turn the rest of the podcast over to my co-host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing what you've got to say today. Take care. We'll see you tomorrow. Hello. So today's teaching is coming from the book of Ezekiel, chapter 27, beginning at verse 1, all the way to chapter 28, verse 1 to verse 25. So here, this is a lamentation of a great city that actually fell, and this great city was Tyre. So here, Ezekiel likens the destruction of Tyre, the capital of Phoenicia, to a great ship that's wrecked. So Tyre was a great city, and it was the capital of Phoenicia. So I'll begin reading at verse 1 in Scripture, and here we see Ezekiel still emphasizing the, the, you know, that this is the word of the Lord that the Lord actually gave him. He's just not thinking up things from his head. So here it reads, The word of the Lord came again to me, saying, Now, son of man, take up a lamentation for Tyre. So this is a lamentation for Tyre. Verse 3 goes on to read, And say to Tyre, You who are situated at the entrance of the sea, 
merchant of the peoples on many coastlands. Thus says the Lord God, O Tyre, you have said, I am perfect in beauty. So here, this is what brought the nation of Tyre down. And this is what brings the nation of, um, this is what brings a lot of nations down. Um, and this is pride. You know, it's the pride of the heart. And this is what's brought uh, many great nations down. You know, there's lots of nations that have actually been brought down. There's, um, you know, Edom, Moab, uh, Tyre, um, Sidon, Egypt. You know, all these nations were brought down because they thought they were perfect in beauty and, you know, they didn't need God. You know, they were living in an age of materialism. So this chapter speaks of how extensive the kingdom was and it starts when, you know, it starts with copper from the island of Cyprus, which was one of the colonies of Tyre, and they are extended all the way to Tarshish. And Tarshish was like, you know, a jumping off place. And we can see this in um, verse 25 of chapter 27, which reads, um, the ships of Tarshish were carriers of your merchandise. You were filled, you were filled and very glorious in the midst of the seas. So Tarshish was like a dropping off place, um, you know, where they dropped off merchandise, uh, where, where, where the people who worked on the boats and, and, and uh, yachts and whatever they had uh, actually dropped off everything, offloaded everything and dropped off. So it was like a dropping off place. And, you know, the nation Tyre was like extensive. It had a lot of colonies and Tarshish was one of the colonies of Tyre and in, Ta in, in Tarshish, actually, um, Jonah actually bought a ticket to go to Tarshish. And, you know, when he was actually trying to run away from God, but he didn't get very far. He ended up in the belly of a big fish. And um, <laughs> so here, uh, Tyre was a great city and it was a commercial center where merchants from all over the world actually came. So I'll drop down. Um, actually, I'll go back to verse 17 and it reads Judah and the land of Israel were your traders. They traded your merchandise uh, wheat from mine, minus millet, honey, oil and balm. So here, you know, uh, it was a great commercial center. And, you know, this picture of Tyre, you know, it was uh, this great commercial center. It actually depicts the future prophecy of, you know, the of Babylon. You know, there's a new Babylon that's going to come. You know, they will become a great commercial, political and religious center of the world. And, you know, the picture of Tyre actually depicts this particular prophecy of what is going to be there. And, you know, they will be a capital of this particular commercial, religious and political capital where the Antichrist will actually um, um, will actually rule. And this, you know, like it's going to be a commercial center and this is actually depicted in the book of revelations chapter 18 verse 12 and 13 which actually read the merchandise of gold and silver precious stones and pearls fine linen and purple silk and scarlet every kind of citron wood every kind of object of ivory every kind of object of most precious wood bronze iron and marble verse 13 reads and cinnamon and incense fragrant oils and frankincense wine and oil fine flour and wheat cattle and sheep horses and chariots and bodies um and souls of men so you know there is going to come up you know according to prophecy in revelations you know this great commercial religious and political center that is going to be run by the antichrist and this is a picture today of some of the nations and cities around the world today you know where you can actually get or buy anything you want and this is, you know, it just shows this is an age of materialism. And it was in that day in the nation, in the city of Tyre. 
this was what was happening. Tyre was a great commercial center where everything was just materialistic. And today you have cities in the world where everything's just, you know, based on materialism. You know, you go to New York City, you can get anything you want. It's the Big Apple. You go to, um, you know, Paris. You know, it's the city of love. You can get whatever you want. Today, you know, certain cities, it's just a click of a finger and you can buy whatever you want. Even things that you actually feel are impossible. And this is the age of materialism, which is sad today. You know, Tyre depicts the age today and it also shows a picture of the future prophecy of the new Babylon that's actually going to be there. You know, it was, it's just all materialistic where people actually put material things ahead of, um, of, um, of God today. So Tyre was a great city, like a great ship, and everything they needed was on board. And it all just disappeared. God judged it. And this is the situation today. If we as people tend to put materialistic things ahead of everything else, you know, these things just tend to disappear. They'll, they'll disappear. You know, you'll die and leave them behind. Thieves come in the night and rob you. You know, natural disasters happen like, you know, um, you know, uh, tsunamis and storms and fires and they sweep everything away these are just materialistic things like people should tend to focus more on what is purposeful in life you know focus your energy on on others you know giving love to others showing love to others you know giving out the word of god glorifying the name of god so that you we actually prepare ourselves for eternal life because this life we're just passing through this life is temporal so um, today, there is nothing lo wrong, actually, with living, um, you know, an affluent and fine life and all um, in society, you know, as long as it doesn't become an obsession, as long as, you know, it, we don't replace that, um, you know, with God, as long as, you know, we just don't focus all our energy on making money, making money and trying to live like, you know, like this lavish life and all this lavish life, you will leave it behind. Like I can give an example, you know, recently we had like um, one of um, a former president of a nation here in Africa passed away and they were showing the mansions he left behind. He had built a huge, like a ginormous house in Singapore. It's so huge that it can actually fit a village. And you're wondering, what is all this for? So he's passed away. Has he gone with his mansion? No, he hasn't. And, you know, this is the sad situation today. People tend to always put materialistic things ahead of everything else. They become obsessed. So, <clears throat> verse 32 goes on to read, In their wailing for you, they will take up a lamentation and lament for you. What city is like Tyre, destroyed in the midst of the sea? So here, uh, the great ship has actually sunk, and that's the city of Tyre. So um, I'll drop down to verse 34. It goes on to read, But you are broken by the seas in the depth of the waters. Your Hello. Sorry, um, I got cut short. Um, this is the second time, actually, this is happening. And uh, yeah, I got like a call, so I couldn't go on. And wow, um, I'm just going to continue from where I left off from. So I left off from um, chapter 34. And chapter 34 reads, But you are broken by the seas in the depths of the waters. Your merchandise and the entire company will fall in your midst. In the, in, all the inhabitants of the isles will be astonished at you. Their kings will be greatly afraid and their countenance will be troubled. The merchants among the people will hiss at you. You will become a horror and no more forever. So here we see, you know, today there's just the ruins. You know, all is destroyed. There is no more music, no more laughter, buildings, gold, silver, whatever Tyre was trading in. There is nothing. And there is a message for us today in our generation today, you know, in this materialistic uh, generation. So 
um, you know, don't focus all your energy on materialistic things because these things, you know, come and go. You know, gold and silver, they rust, they perish, they get stolen. But, you know, God, God is eternal. You know, um, he is omnipotent. He is eternal. He is um, the Genesis and he is the Exodus. He is everything. You know, God is always there. Let us prepare our lives for, you know, um, you know, that eternal life that he has promised us instead of focusing on the material things. So now we move on to chapter 28. Uh, chapter 28 goes on to read verse 1. The word of the Lord came to me again saying. So here uh, is Ezekiel. He's emphasizing that it is the word of the Lord that he is actually speaking. So here um, it goes on to read, Son of man, say to the prince of Tyre, thus says the Lord God, because your heart is lifted up and you say, I am a God. I sit at the seat of gods in the midst of the seas, yet you are a man and not a God, though you set your heart as the heart of a God. So here, you know, you know, we will have a message um, to the prince of Tyre and to the king of Tyre as well. So we drop down to verse 12 of chapter 28 and it reads, Son of man, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre and say to him, thus says the Lord God, you were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. So here, now, you know, the back of this great kingdom we will find that there is the one who actually controls the kingdoms of the world. So he actually offered them to Christ who rejected them. But, you know, he didn't reject them because he thought Satan had um, had them. He knew that he had them, but just didn't accept. Um, he just didn't accept them and um, he is actually going to rule over them. So at the back of it all, you know, there's this. Um, you know, Satan who actually controls the kingdoms of the world. Of the world. So someday, but um, not just as, you know, one offered to him by Satan, God is actually going to, oh, Christ is actually going to come down and, you know, um, come and rule um, the world, come and rule the nations. And, you know, we have the judgment of the prince and here we have a type of you know, an antichrist. So the great Roman empire is going to actually rule um, one day and it actually go is going to take two people to fulfill what is said about the antichrist. So one will deny the person of Christ and the other will imitate him. So, you know, you have Satan. Satan has, um, you know, he's a fallen angel and all, but he has, um, you know, the power to actually imitate, you know, um, certain traits of um, what, what, what Christ can actually do. So we have a religious ruler and we ha we're going to have a political ruler as well. So, you know, one is going to be like more, like, more of like a prime minister to um, the political ruler. So here we have a combination set before us and we have, you know, the uh, vice grenner of Satan. So verse 2, <clears throat> which reads... Of, of chapter 28, son of man, say to the prince of Tyre, thus says the Lord God, because your heart is lifted up and you say, I am God, I sit in the seat of gods in the midst of the seas. So here in the midst of the seas. So it's like a ruler will come up, political ruler in the midst of the seas. <clears throat> so this is what exactly, this is exactly what the Antichrist would actually say. You know, I am a God. And, you know, this um, particular, um, you know, it depicts, 
you know, a type of antichrist who's going to come up from the midst of the sea. So it's, it's, it's going to be more of, um, you know, this particular ruler is going to come from, um, you know, it's going, it's going to come from like the, the Gentiles, actually. So here, um, verse 3 goes on to read, Behold, you are wiser than Daniel. Um, there is no secret that can be hidden from you. So, you know, these people were actually really wise. They were very, very wise people. And, you know, um, here is another reference to Daniel and Ezekiel, you know, had um, Ezekiel and, 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 and Daniel were contemporary. And, um, you know, Ezekiel had res great respect for Daniel as he was a man standing for God. So verse 4 goes on to read, With your wisdom and your understanding, you have gained riches for yourselves and gathered gold and silver into your treasures. So here, this prince was, you know, a smart one, this Antichrist, you know, with wisdom and intelligence. So these men in that day were actually very wise men. And this is the prince who represents the political side of the Antichrist, who will rise up from the sea. So they will rise up from a nation from the sea. This is like uh, one of the Gentile nations. And uh, dropping down to verse 10, it goes on to read, You shall die the death of the uncircumcised by the hand of the aliens, for I have spoken, says the Lord God. So here, this is now talking about the religious leader that, um, you know, the beast out of the land. So here, the Antichrist, uh, the political ruler, comes out of the sea of the nations of the world. So this is a Gentile. And the religious ruler will um be his advisor that's like you know the prime minister or whatever it is and he comes out of the land so here we have two of these heads the two of these rulers so now dropping down to verse 11 it goes on to read moreover the word of the lord came to me saying son of man take up a lamentation for the king of tyre and say to him thus says the lord god you were the seal of perfection full of wisdom and perfect in beauty so here verse 12 goes on to read son of man um sorry Oh, I've read it already, sorry. And, you know, here we have the lamentation upon the king of Tyre. So Hiram had been, you know, a friend of David's. And, you know, obviously David was um, a, a wise king and he also turned to pick his friends wisely. And Hiram was this king of Tyre and they traded, um, they did some trade with the nation Israel and all. And um, verse 13 goes on to read, you were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering, the sardiras, sorry, the sardias, topaz, and diamond, uh, beryl, onyx, and jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. So here, <clears throat> we've now passed here beyond the local king of Tyre because, um, you know, they tend to change a lot. And, um, you know, there's actually a saying that says, you know, um, uneasy is the head that wears the crown. So, you know, it was unsafe to actually be a king for like a long time. So here the kingdom and now we, we, we get to the kingdom and um, the king of is Satan, right? So here the passage gives the origin of evil in verse 13 that I just read and the origin of this particular creature. So when Satan was created, he was the wisest creature God ever created. He was created so that um, he was created, you know, with beauty and perfection. So he was a creature. He was actually created and he wanted to be a God. He wanted to actually 
overthrow God who actually created them and he was perfect in beauty. You know, Paul says that even his ministers and angels alike, you know, they are beautiful and oh, and you know, those occult leaders and followers, they are very charismatic, very beautiful, very, you know, very elegant. So scripture goes on to read in verse 15, it says, you are perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. So if you are a saint that thinks like you are perfect and better than everyone else, remember Satan was an angel who was actually the wisest angel created. He was perfect in beauty and all. And, you know, he was, you know, the, the morning light. He was an angel of the morning light and he was perfect, but he still fell because he was, he had iniquity, he had pride. And, you know, this is what made him fall. And we can see this in Isaiah chapter 14. Pride is what made him fall. And he was, you know, he protected God's throne and he had the highest position. And verse 13, verse 14, sorry, goes on to read, you were the anointed cherub who covers I established you, you were the holy mountain of God. So here we see he actually protected the throne of God. So he was beautiful and he was, um, you know, he protected the throne of God. And, um, you know, this wasn't the Eden on the world world that is being talked about. This was a picture of heaven and he had access to heaven. This was the Eden in heaven. And he could not only sing, he was music itself because here it actually says um, the workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. Oh, you can actually see from like certain songs today, like they actually come from the pit of something. Um, you know, someone sang, sings from the pit of their stomach and Satan was music itself. Like he sang beautifully and all. So, you know, the picture that's depicted today of Satan, like, you know, he's ugly, he's got a pitchfork and a tail and, you know, horns and all. He is a beautiful creature. That was actually created. So, um, and you know, God's going to deal with him. You know, judgment is coming. God will deal with him. And dropping down scripture, uh, verse 17 reads, Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they might gaze at you. So God's going to make a spectacle of him someday, you know. That day is actually coming. Judgment day is coming. Verse 19 goes on to read, All you knew, all who knew you among the peoples are astonished at you. You have become a horror and shall be no more forever. So here, you know, God's going to deal with him. And thank God for that. Because, you know, God is the creator. And God judges. He's a God of love, but he also judges. You know, uh, when people don't fall in line. So, verse 20 goes on to read, then the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, set your face towards Sidon and prophesy against her. Um, verse 22 says, And say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, O Sidon. I will be glorified in your midst, and they shall know that I am the Lord when I execute judgment on her, and um, I am hallowed in her. For I will send pestilence upon her and blood in her streets. The wounded shall be judged in her midst by the sword against her on every side. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. So here, you know, here's a brief prophecy concerning Sidon. So God didn't say he was going to actually destroy it. He just says, you know, they will be blood in the streets. And that's what actually happened. 
And um, dropping down, verse 25, it says, Thus says the Lord God, When I have gathered the house of Israel from the people among whom they are scattered, and I am hallowed in them in the sight of the Gentiles, then they will dwell in their own land, and I in their own land which I gave them and my servant Jacob. So here, you know, no one can dismiss or disturb God's program and purpose and plan. So God actually intends to bring these people back to the land, you know, in as much as um, a lot of scholars um, and people believe, you know, God's through with that nation. He is not through with the nation Israel. So here, my main highlight from today's teaching is, you know, it's okay to actually, you know, want fine things in life and all, as long as you don't make them an, an obsession, you know, materialism. We're living in a materialistic world right now where everybody wants um, all the fine things. It becomes an obsession and people will do anything to attain, you know, fame, fortune or whatever it is. And, you know, they tend to miss the whole point of actually um, doing God's work. And um, let us focus our energies on, um, you know, living for God. Because our purpose in life here today is to actually live a purpose-driven life that, um, you know, glorifies God every day. So yeah, this is today's teaching. Thank you all for listening in. And sorry about, you know, the two um, different um, podcasts that I've actually done, the recordings. It's because my phone kept ringing, and, you know, drunk the first time. So I had to stop. Drunk another time, I had to stop. Oh my goodness, I just said, you know what, I... I just cut the call and decided to just continue recording. So this is why I have two cut um, um, podcasts. And, you know, I just wish, you know, they would actually just make it like, you know, a continuation. You can continue from where you left off from. But unfortunately, it's not like that. Um, thank you all for listening in. God bless and have a pleasant Thursday. Bye-bye.